everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It's April 28th. It's 2021, and we have 10 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Joined today by my good buddy for the second straight day, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? Not too much. Just losing some money today. Got a lot of things very right and then pitching terribly wrong. But I think I've got a I think I've got a good grasp on pitching on this slate. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, one of those slates, right? Like I had my three one-offs hit home runs and the Padres are stinking up the joint. So yeah, I'm just I hoping like backs. Yeah. Putting up five, six runs already. And I had a whole bunch of Kelly. Yet every single lineup has that has that in it. Has I think Quintana and um Montas. So yeah. I'm just hoping that the Padres, the top of the order is coming up here, and I just hope like they can do something in the eighth and ninth, and I can min cash my way to a, a decent day. So, um, all right. But anyway, 10 games to talk about. Before we do, if you guys haven't checked out superdraft.com, awesome sponsor of the podcast, we will have a super draft play of the day, overlaying almost every single day over there NBA, golf. MLB, NHL, uh, NASCAR, pretty sure they have MMA as well. So head on over there, check them out. Uh, like I said, they got a ton of stuff going on right now. Use promo code grinders. You will get a $50 instant deposit bonus and, um, a match bonus up to $500, 50% match bonus up to $500. Once you deposit, um, at least $50 over there on your first deposit. So Take advantage of it, deposit, play, and um, let's try to get Grant's money over there. So we'll um, we'll have a super draft play of the day here soon. Um, they got a twenty dollar tournament. They got a three dollar tournament. Uh, they got double ups, all kinds of stuff going on over there for baseball. So check them out. Uh, let's jump into it, Grant. We start with the the Yankees at the Orioles. Uh, no total in this game. We have Herman um, against Kramer. Any interest here in Herman? I mean, not really. Like, there's a lot of pitchers in the uh, same price range that I think I'd rather go with. I mean, since the beginning of last or it's the beginning of the season, strikeout rate hasn't fully been there. Although swing strike rate isn't terrible right now, it's just he's kind of like there are three pitchers I really like, and they're all around the same price range. And I think I'd rather go with them. Like. He's fine. Baltimore has a decent amount of strikeouts. It's not a great ballpark, but he definitely offers a little bit of upside in terms of strikeouts, but plays the Yankees, not going to go terribly late into the game. I'd just rather kind of avoid him. He's in play, but I probably won't use him at all. Yeah, he's okay. He's not the best play. He's not the worst play. He's okay. If you're playing 150 teams, you probably get a little exposure. If you're playing a single entry or three entry max, you probably don't end up on him on this slate. So, um, Kramer on the other side, big strikeout stuff. Um, but he's a guy that gives up a lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact, and he could strike out like six or seven Yankees here and give up three or four home runs in the process. Yeah, and plus he tends to walk a lot of guys like that. That's the thing. If he if he was just giving up hard contact and fly balls, you can consider using him, but he hasn't gone over 85 pitches all season long. Um, don't know if we'll go that late in the game. He does have decent strikeout stuff and there is some decent strikeout bats in the lineup, but there's a lot of really patient bats in the lineup. I mean, you got five guys over a 10% walk rate 
lots of guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. I don't, we don't have a run total for them right now, but I'm guessing it's going to be 5.2. Um, so like Kramer, there, there's far too much downside. There's not a lot of upside and there are much, much, much higher upside options and a whole lot more options just slightly above in price. So if he was at four and a half K, I might think about using him, but at five, nine in shouting distance of a lot of other decent arms, I'd just rather avoid him. Yeah. Uh, let's talk bats here. I think the Yankees, um, you know, are a team you're looking at again. Like I said, Kramer is a guy that can strike some of these guys out, but you know, the upside is definitely there in this matchup for the Yankees. Yeah. And all the price tags are just too low. Um, Stanton there at 4.9 K had a bomb today. It seems to be piecing it back together a little bit. Um, like I said, gives up a lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact walks a ton of guys. So there's going to be guys on base. Like this is just a perfect stack spot here and stands too cheap. LeMay is probably about where he's at. Should be at judges probably about where he should be at, but Odor is 3.5 K. Urshela is 3.2 K. Torres is 4 K. Hicks is 3 K. Like you can easily stack this up, which is a problem. They're probably going to come in around the same ownership as they did yesterday. And they're going to be the chalk stack and they're a chalk stack for a reason. And you just kind of have to stack it up a different way, but Using any of these guys as one-offs is fine. They all grayed out as a great play, specifically Stanton and Odor. Um, but you're, you're going to be eating a whole lot of ownership. So I don't know how much I'll end up going with them just based off of that. I could be wrong in the morning. They could be low-owned. But I very, very much doubt it because Kramer is not a great pitcher. He's a great pitcher for opposing fantasy players. Especially on FanDuel. The Yankees are going to be massive chalk on FanDuel. They're so cheap on FanDuel. Um, they're going to be massive chalk on Fanduel. So, listen, I don't hate it. Um, I, I tend to stay away from chalky stacks, but I think the spot definitely warrants um, getting some exposure to the Yankees here. Uh, any interest in Baltimore on the other side? Not really. Um, like, Stewart is fine as a cheap one-off. Like, Herman has been bad versus righties, good versus lefties, but... We don't have a ton of a sample size to him. We look back into the past and he's more of a normal splits pitcher. So Stewart is probably the main guy that stands out there at 2.9K. Everyone's priced about where they should be. Like, I guess you can take a shot on Ruiz as a cheaper bet, but maybe Montcastle. But realistically, Stewart's the only one that stands out as a value play. And Mancini can hit a bomb, but again, uh, Armand grades out a little bit better versus righties than he does versus lefties. So I don't know if I want to pay 4.5 K for him on this slate. So I'm, I'm avoiding them outside of a cheap bat and Stewart. Yeah. Don't like get into looking at just this season stats too much. You look back at like 2019 and he was very normal split. So um, I don't mind Stewart one off. That's fine. He's cheap. Washington at Toronto um, fed against Matt's. This is a game with a nine total, and the Blue Jays are a one seventy favorites. Um, this game's still they're still playing in Tampa, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. All right. Um, any interest here in Eric Fed? Absolutely none. Like he had that one ten strikeout game, so people may play him a little bit. But this is a guy that's a fourteen percent strikeout rate guy over the last few seasons. He offers you no upside. It's a tough matchup. He's a low strikeout pitcher. He's not a great pitcher. He's just a big, absolutely no interest in him at all. Yeah. 
definitely um like the Toronto bats here do not like fed um and then as far as Mats goes I don't think he's a terrible play it's a little concerning this ballpark seems to be very hitter friendly and they can throw quite a bit of righties at Mats here yeah I mean Mats just been so much better this year for some reason and I can't fully understand it he is a guy that's given up a decent amount of um, extra base hits and home runs over the last few seasons. And he just seems to, he's just striking out guys at a much higher clip right now. And I mean, people aren't getting the bat on the ball. So he's been getting a decent amount of ground balls. Like, I don't know. I'm having a tough time figuring him out because he's just playing or pitching so well right now. I think you have to have a little bit of interest in him. Um, we'll see what bats they end up throwing into the lineup, but this is still a decent team. It all depends on what they throw in. Like if Hernandez is in the lineup, that throws an extra lefty in there. I'm assuming Schwarber is going to be in there. Um, but still, like there might only be two max three lefties in the lineup. So he's in play. I'm going to wait and see where ownership's at because he could just keep pitching like this. But he still hasn't gone 100 pitches. He hasn't gone over 91 pitches in a single game. So I don't see a ton of upside. He's still walking guys at a pretty decent clip so far this year with an 8.7% walk rate. So I don't know. Like, I probably am going to end up avoiding him, but I won't argue with it in tournaments. I mean, even if you look at this year, his strikeout rate so high is he has a 37.9% strikeout rate against lefties. He faced Tampa and Texas. They they play left-handed pit hitters against left-handed pitching. So – I think the numbers are a little skewed um, as far as like overall strikeout stuff. And I think there's going to be enough righties. He doesn't pitch in the deep into the games like you were kind of talking about. Um, so I think I'm going to pass on Matt's here, even though I do think he's going to get some run support and be pitching with a lead in this game. And I usually like that. Um, any interest in the Washington bats? I mean, not a ton. It would pretty much be the righty power bat. So maybe Turner, maybe Gomes, Bell, like that, that would really be it. I mean, you can go with Zimmerman, um, but not a ton of interest. I mean, like I said, Matt's has been pitching well. And yeah, you're right. That is a huge reason why, just because he's gone up against got a lot of lefty bats and he's just mowed through Tampa Bay and uh, Texas. But like, I don't know, Hernandez, if he's in the lineup, even lefty, lefty, he's 2K. Like that's that that's that's really it. Like you don't really want to pay five point one K for Turner, even in a solid matchup. Like Castro and Gomes are fine, but we don't know what spot they're gonna have in the order. Bell is four point three K, which is priced out. He should be like he'd be the most likely guy, I think, to hit out of the ball ballpark. But yeah, not not really enthused about playing any of these guys. Um, all right, let's take a look at the Toronto side here. This is a team that I, I know I'm going to end up stacking a lot here. Um, Fed's not a big strikeout guy, and there's plenty of power in this lineup up and down. Like The only thing I'm a little concerned about is Vlad coming off of a monster game um, and like ownership, but I just I love Toronto in this spot. Yeah, I don't know what there's not to love about Toronto. I mean, you got guys all the way up and down the lineup to hit for hard contact, a pretty decent – rate like you got a lot of fly ball hitters and Simeon and Gritchick and tell us if he's in the lineup and Biggio Vlad just hit three bombs but Shet's obviously a fantastic play none of them are too expensive outside of Vlad at 5.7k and Simeon at 5.5 so you can easily stack this up Springer could potentially be back in the lineup so there's just a solid spot for them in a very solid ballpark 
Yeah. Listen, I I don't expect Springer to be back, but if he does, it's just a bump. Um, you know, it's just one of those things like Teoscar Hernandez is getting really close, but like Telus at 3.4K, he obviously adds like a, a cheaper upside type of bat to this lineup. Biggio's cheap at 4,200. You got to get Vlad in there. And then, like, you're probably going, like, Bo Bichette and, you know, just trying to decide who you want that fifth person to be, whether you want it to be, like, Marcus Simeon, Gritchick, um, those types of guys. Um, you could get Contrarian and go Jansen and go wraparound stack. Jansen's 2K at catcher um, and potentially should be catching in this game. You know, he had Tuesday off. So, Jansen, 2K catcher, like, sign me up. Yeah, sounds like you. It is. You know it. You know it, Grant. You know it. Um, we move on. Um, nothing else, right? That one's it. Yeah, that's it. All right, we got Cole Irvin against Tyler Glass now. Oakland against Tampa. Seven and a half total. The Rays a one fifty eight favorite here. Do you have any interest here in Cole Irvin? Not really. He's at seven point two k. Like. There is a 3.9 implied total against him, which kind of makes me feel like I should potentially think about using him. And he's gotten up to 93 pitches in each of his last two outings, put up six Ks, but it was against Baltimore. It was against or Detroit. Like, I don't know. I can't, I can't really, can't really peg him down anywhere. Like, I don't know how good he actually is. I just like the two matchup versus Houston is throwing me off. So looking at his overall season numbers, it's kind of tough to, figure out he's going up against Tampa I generally like targeting lefties against Tampa so I think you I, I don't know I want to kind of hear your view because like the run total and the last two outings kind of makes it seem like he might be a guy that you can potentially use I like lefties against Tampa more than anybody but my biggest concern with Cole Irvin here is he's gonna throw a lot of strikes and he doesn't have great strikeout stuff, and he gives up a lot of hard contact in the small sample that we've seen. So my my other issue is, like, maybe it's a sample size thing, but, like, he's actually struggled with lefties. And they're going to have Lau. They're going to have Meadows. They're going to have, you know, these guys in the lineup. So I think it depends on the lineup, and I also think it depends on ownership and just how much – how many teams you're making because if you're running out 150 i wouldn't hate the idea of getting him at a a decent percentage here because the upside is there especially at the price yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean i like a lot of guys in or a few other guys in the 7k range it's just like i'm looking through his pitch stuff like i'm looking through everything obviously he's a fastball slider changeup type of guy and his changeup's probably a bit better than his slider. I mean, it's got 40% whiff rate versus righties this year. Um, so I don't know. He may be a reverse splits guy, which in, in which case I'd probably need to wait and see what lineup they end up rolling out. Cause obviously if they throw Zunino in there, if they throw Adamas in there, like they could have a very, very, very strikeout heavy lineup. And the fact that he has done well in the last two games, they'll probably let him get up to a hundred pitches if he's pitching well, like he could end up with a pretty decent outing. I don't know. It's, it's that run total. That's really making me think about this more and more. 
And as I think about more and more, he's still probably my fourth favorite option in the seven K range, but he's still, I think very much in play. I think he's in play for sure. I, I think glass now on the other side is definitely in play as well. Um, you know, over seven strikeouts in four of his first five starts this season, um, you know, coming off of a, a start where he struggled, um, but still struck out 10 guys. And as far as like Tampa is concerned, like they're letting him pitch in that like hundred pitch range in games. He's pitching. Well, I think glass now is definitely up there for like top pitchers on the slate. If not the top pitcher on the slate. Yeah, he's definitely in terms of raw points, one or two. I mean, that game against Toronto, he gave up a three-run bomb, I think, to, I want to say, Vlad in the first inning after just giving up singles, I think, to the first two guys. So it's not like he pitched particularly badly in that game. I mean, he had 10 Ks, he had two walks, he did give up two bombs, which is the weird part, but he's really not a guy that gives up a ton of home runs. I mean, those are his only two home runs on the entire season. Like you said, he went to 94 pitches. They let him pitch. He went six innings, which is not normal for a Tampa Bay pitcher. And he just happened to give up two bombs. So still sitting at 37% K rate on the season is going up against a team that can walk at a pretty decent clip, which is always a little bit of a worry for him, but he's just like, he's, so good right now in terms of striking out guys and the fact that they're actually letting him pitch late into games i don't know if he's my favorite um it might be rodon i'm still trying to figure that out but he's it's definitely one two between those guys and it's not that close when you have grinky and Matt right behind him um bats in this game anything standing out to you for oakland no no, I just generally like, like I said, he doesn't give up a ton of home runs. Like he strikes out far too many guys. This lineup's fairly strikeout prone. If you want to take anyone as a one-off, maybe Matt Olson, but he's 4.8 K. So you're paying up. It's a 10 game slate. I would probably just suggest against Oakland. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, like just thinking about it, I'm not paying 4.8 K for Olsen as a one-off and I'm not stacking Oakland and they don't really like, I think like if you're playing anybody as like a one-off, it's probably like a Mitch Moreland type of play. And like he's 2.8 K and he can take, he can take anybody deep, but you don't feel great about that either. So uh, as far as like Tampa goes, I don't know. They're very hit or miss against left-handed pitching. A Rosarina has, great numbers against lefties since getting called up last season. Um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to the Tampa bats? Yeah. If anyone probably rose arena, but like you said, he has this year been a lot worse versus lefties than he has versus righties. And like his changeup is probably better than his slider. So if anything, he's probably splits neutral. So I think you can go rose arena or you can go meadows, but I'm likely staying away. That run total just makes me, not think there's going to be too much done. Plus it's being played in Tampa, not a great ballpark. So I'm probably fading the Tampa Bay bats. Um, moving on. We got the Cubs and the Braves Hendricks against, um, you know, nine total. And it looks like the Braves are a slight favorite here at 125. Um, any interest here in Kyle Hendricks? Not really. Um, let's get some Lana. He's a guy that does strike out lefties quite a bit more than righties, and is going to be predominantly right heavy. Uh, 
right-handed heavy lineup. And so you kind of get rid of some of the upside, generally like targeting him against lefty-handed lineups because you do get a little bit of upside. He's a great real-life pitcher, but predominantly a ground ball pitcher versus righties. So I don't see this lineup really giving him a ton of upside. Like a lot of the strikeout heavy guys are righties, which like I said, he's basically pitching for ground balls there with his changeup, or I mean with his uh, uh, sinker. So I, I just, I, I don't see him being one of the top guy, uh, top arms in terms of point per dollar on the slate. Like he may get you 18 to 22 points, but I don't expect more than that. So I'm probably just going to fade him. Yeah, I don't uh, listen. The Braves, they're, they're an elite offense overall. And there's not many times that I'm going to play pitchers against them. And I'm definitely not going to play Kyle Hendricks against them. So uh, the other side, like, man, I almost played Ian Anderson, almost played Ian Anderson. Like I, I, I almost talked myself into playing Ian Anderson over Montas on Tuesday. And I really wish I had, um, because I wouldn't even be worried about what the Padres are doing. Um, any interest here in, you know, at 7,800 going up against the Cubs. Yeah. The Cubs really haven't been that great this season. And Eno has been pretty fantastic. I mean, he's sitting there around a 30% K rate on the season. Hasn't gotten into the 90 pitch range yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of let him now. He's gotten a little bit more stretched out as the season's gone along. He's just striking out guys at a big clip. Like, there's a few really good strikeout bats in this lineup. So I'm, I'm willing to just bet on his talent right now, and I'm more than willing to – eat the 7.8 K price tag. That's probably only just throwing into account that he doesn't go late into the games, but he's not walking in time guys. He can make it through six innings. He's done it two of the last three starts. Granted the one where he didn't was against the Cubs and he did get kind of crushed there, but he gave up three bombs. Um, I think he's a fantastic play. He's one of my favorite plays on the entire board today. I plan on using a lot of them. Yeah. I like him a lot for tournaments. Um, Again, I wish I would have just listened to myself about Ian Anderson. I'm not going to do it again here. There's a lot of strikeouts in the Cubs lineup. They can they can hit and blow any pitcher up. Um, but I just I think this is a spot that Inno is very much in play. I'm not even super concerned about the pitch count. It does limit his ceiling, but like he's still getting six innings like with that because he's just pounding the strike zone, not walking people. Um, and we've seen like a huge increase in one year from like what he was doing last season, you know, low strikeout rate, 14% walk rate compared to almost a 30% K rate and a 5% walk rate. So definitely improving. And um, all the underlining stats look really good. So um, I like the spot for him a lot. If I am playing three entry max. um, Okay. So here's the thing about the Cubs too, is Baez is, like dealing with a hamstring injury. So he might not be in the lineup. Um, And then Chris Bryan is dealing with like a biceps injury. And like they both weren't in the lineup on Tuesday. And and that was another reason I should have played Ian Anderson. But if these guys are out again, like I have zero interest in the Cubs and I'll probably play way too much, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Kind of right there with you. I mean, it's just not a great lineup. And it's not like Baez has been hitting all that great. Still striking out a huge clip, which... Honestly, offers a little bit more upside for now if he's in there. 
Um, but yeah, overall, this is just not a great lineup. If you're going to use anyone, probably use Ian Happ at 3.5K. Uh, but no, no interest in the Cubs. Yeah, but even like Happ isn't batting leadoff anymore. They've been batting um, Horner leadoff. So, and he's super cheap. So, I don't yeah. know. I don't love the Cubs here. I think like if you're playing a lot of Inno and you want to head stack, that's where you'd get your Cubs exposure. Um, the Braves on the other side here, you know, Kyle Hendricks, uh, a guy that does generate um, a good amount of ground balls against righties and stuff, but he's pretty, you know, kind of normal splits. And I think like, if you want to stack the Braves here, you should. Yeah. And I mean, Freeman's, obviously my favorite target but i'm pretty sure he's most people's favorite target um like i said hendrix strikes out a lot more lefties than righties but he gives up a whole lot more fly balls to lefties than righties so freeman would be the main target probably followed by acuna but realistically i'm not going to argue with throwing in any of these guys because almost everyone in the lineup hits the ball in the air a decent amount so it's a good matchup going up against a guy that gets a lot of ground balls to righties because arno ozuna acuna like all pretty darn good fly ball guys. And most of the bottom of the lineup, like hits for power and gets the ball in the air a decent amount. So you're worried about their big strikeout rates, but again, less of a worry going up against Hedrick. So they really profile well in this matchup. You can get some cheaper bats in Swanson and Riley at the bottom of the lineup that haven't been great, but it's mostly because they strike out a large clip, but they really profile well against them. So, I, I think the Atlanta stack is pretty one of the top ones probably on the entire slate. Yeah. Um, I like them a lot. Um, right there with you. This is the one game that we potentially have some weather. It's Philly at St. Louis. Uh, we'll kind of have to see what Kevin Roth has in this one. It's an eight and a half total. It's really close to a pick em game. We got Vasquez against Oviedo. Um, any interest here in Vasquez? No, he can't find the strike zone. It's it's not looking good for him right now. Um, yeah, he's struggling. And, like, he's not pitching deep into games. Um, yeah, I, I just – I don't see myself using Vasquez here. Yep. And I, I guess, like, he worked out of the bullpen a little bit, and, like, we have to consider that, but – even in his first start back, he only threw 67 pitches. So I just expecting him to throw any deep into the game is just not something you should have like expect. And then um, Oviedo on the other side, like we don't, I don't think he's going to be a guy that pitches deep into the game. And I really don't think it's going to matter because it looks like there's going to be some, some rain in this game and we probably won't play the pitchers anyway. Um, am I missing anything on Oviedo? Low strikeout guy. It doesn't really generate really any swing and strikes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's just not really a great pitcher. He may not be terrible, but it's a tough matchup going up against Philly. Again, rain's going to be an issue. Probably won't go more than 80 pitches, pitch 65 in the last one, but that was a few weeks ago. So I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that he's going to go late enough in the game to actually be able to be a viable pitcher. Yeah, just I don't know. I'd be more likely to play like bats in this game um, if the weather is okay because I could see either one of these stacks like going off. Um, what are your thoughts here on Philly? Yeah, um, Philly, 
Philly's a solid stack. I mean, Reese is just clobbering the ball right now. Problem is, like, Harper's 6.1K, Real Muto's 5.2K, so it's going to be a little bit hard to pay up for them. And, I mean, Elio is not really a huge um, fly ball pitcher. He does give up a decent amount of hard contact, so probably just be targeting Hoskins, Harper, and then just throwing in whoever else fits, maybe Didi um, in a stack. But this guy that hasn't really been good or bad – he ha- he's been a little bit reverse splitsy so far in his career. And I don't know if that will fully hold true. Um, he is a changeup guy, but he doesn't throw it a ton. So he's probably more splits neutral than anything. So like nothing really just stands off the page outside of Hoskins and Harper, but playing those two together, you're already at 11.4 K. I don't know if I'd really suggest anyone over on Philly outside of those guys, but I have no problem stacking it up. Yeah, I don't mind if the weather's okay here stacking just in general and just it won't look the best, but I think this it make there's warrant to stack this team in the spot. And then on the other side, the St. Louis side, like Vasquez can't throw strikes. He's very reverse splits, and you really can go Goldschmidt, Arenado, DeYoung, O'Neal, and it's it sets up really great for these guys. Yeah, no, this is perfect. I mean, Vasquez has always been a guy that's given up a whole lot of home runs. And right now he can't really find the strike zone. He's still striking out guys at a pretty massive clip so far this year. Granted, it's not a huge sample size, only 40 batters. But he's not able to find the strike zone at all, sitting at a 22.5% walk rate. Again, not a huge sample size, but he's just not able to find the zone. And so you're going to see a lot of guys on base, and he's always a guy that gives up a ton of bombs. So Guys that can hit the ball hard are all fantastic plays. Carlson, not a bad play. Goldschmidt, Arenado, DeJong, O'Neal, if he's in the lineup, um, all great plays. And no one's really going to cost you that much. I mean, the most expensive guy in the lineup is Goldschmidt at 4.7K, and that seems like a little bit too underpriced here. So I'm fully on board with stacking up the Cardinals. And really, I'm not going to argue with anyone. And if you want to cheap one off, O'Neal, even though he may end up striking out three times he still has a decent chance of hitting bomb in the spot all right moving on we have la taking on texas in this one dunning against Cobb. um nine total angels a slight favor here at 124 it's moved up to 130 already um any interest here in alex Cobb? absolutely love him like he's one of my favorite pitchers he might be my favorite pitcher on the entire slate. He's going up against Texas. The strikeout stuff has absolutely been there this year. Granny got a little bit beat up in this last matchup, but that was against Houston, so I'm not going to hold that against him at all. Like, look fantastic in the first two outings. There's a guy that in the past has been a, like, he was a high draft pick. Like, he's been a potential, a great prospect, and he just hasn't fully paid off for this year. He's just been fantastic. Saying at 16.5% swing strike rate, he's going up against Texas. He could realistically be one of the top scoring pitchers on this entire slate. Like, I always target guys against Texas that are decent strikeout guys, and I don't expect him to be terribly high-owned in this spot because I don't think people trust him at all, which is fully understandable after his past. But he's just been so good this year outside of that start against Houston, which it was against Houston. So I, I, I really, really like him in this spot. and It may end up crushing me. I know it did last time he was playing, but I, I plan on – I might end up locking him in on the slate. 
All right. It's never bad um, to roll the dice against Texas because they don't have a ton of power outside of like low Gallo Garcia. And they have a lot of strikeouts. So don't hate the call. Don't like him as much as you, but I definitely understand why you're playing him here. Um, do you have any interest here in Dunning? No, I know that he's been fairly good this season. It's against the Angels. And like this lineup now with Rendon back is really not terrible. Like it's a lineup I'm a little bit worried about. He's just pitched so well. He's sitting at 6.7K. If you really need a cheap guy, he's really the only one I'm considering under 7K. But I think I'd rather get up just a little bit higher and go with um, slightly more expensive pitchers because he's probably not going to go over 80 pitches. He hasn't gone over 75 once this season. So in this matchup, I don't see a ton of upside here, even though he's pitched pretty well this season. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. Um, I have him in the RG season long league, so I hope he pitches really well. Um, and he's like 2% on a DFS, so it's like a win-win. I think if the lineup comes out and it's super decent and it's you know very right-handed heavy, I think Dunning is always in play against right-handed heavy lineups, but and like you're getting the the discount on Dunning for him not pitching deep into games at 6,700, but this is a legit guy like that might not throw over 80 pitches, so like that you just have to kind of factor that in as well. Um, let's talk Angels bats. Anything standing out to you for the Angels? I mean Trout, Otani, Rendon, like. All good plays, Walsh, Upton. Like, I have no problem stacking this team up and targeting individual bats with some power. Problem is with Angels, I don't really want to play anyone outside of the top five guys in the lineup, top six guys in the lineup. So I don't really want to play Iglesias. Who else? If Suzuki ends up getting the start, I don't mind him. Dunnings is a pretty big ground ball guy. So guys that can get the ball in the air and Upton and Walsh and Suzuki and Trout, obviously. Otani are all good plays in this spot and chance he might end up reverting back to what he was before. But the nice thing is like Texas really doesn't have a great bullpen. Dunning may only make it four innings, even if he's pitching well, he's only made it past four, four innings in two of his four starts. And he was just super efficient. I'm not expecting to be super efficient going up against this team. So I, I really like the angel stack today. And specifically I like, uh, the main guys that you always end up playing for the angels. Jared Walsh, Otani, Trout, and pair it around. Pulhos and Upton are super cheap. So you could go with those guys and just kind of hope Dunning has a bad outing. Don't play Fletcher. He has zero upside. He's going to hit a home run now that I said that, but he really is a guy that like, he's much more excited about a single um, than hitting the ball over the ballpark and, that's what makes him a decent leadoff hitter. Um, any interest here in the Texas bats? Not really. I'm, I'm just super high on Cobb. Like, I have no problem stacking them up. Obviously, they're, got, they're guys that can crush the ball. They may strike out a huge clip. But like I said, Cobb, I'm super interested in today because of how he's been pitching so far this year. But in the past, he hasn't been the same guy. Like, maybe this 16% swing strike rate is just out of nowhere. Maybe he's finally realizing – what he can do um but in the past he's been just a low strikeout all right ground ball guy that gives him a lot of hard contact 
So I have no problem with stacking up this team and taking a lot of these cheap bats, especially considering Cobb has been a pretty heavy splits guy in the past. So going with like Calhoun, Lau, Low, uh, Gallo, um, are all even Dolphys in the lineup are all good plays, and then rounding out with Garcia and Solak, like not the worst idea in the world, but they're priced a little bit cheap if Cobb is the pitcher he was before this year, but I'm more willing to bet on him not being like that. And so I'm going with the upside spot and I'm just playing a ton of Cobb. Yeah. I think like it really, if you're, if you're playing Texas, you're, you're targeting in the home runs, Gallo, low Garcia. Um, and I think you're probably playing them more as one-offs instead of stacking. I, I, I guess you could stack them. It's just not something that I end up like probably will end up doing here. Um, moving on, we have the Tigers and the White Sox. Casey Miz against Carlos Rendon, um, eight total, and uh, the White Sox are a two twenty seven favorite in this game. Um, any interest here in Miz? No, I just generally don't like playing pitchers against the. White Sox, and he's a 15% K rate guy, just a ground ball pitcher. He is cheap, but he's probably going to have a rough outing going up against this team, so no interest in Miz. I really hope the White Sox are low on today, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, I don't have any interest in Miz. Very, very interested in the White Sox. Carlos Radon on the other side of this game. I think he's fine. Um you know, he's 9,800. He looks fantastic to start the season. And what, what else is there else? What else is there to say? Like, you know, you can't really look at 2020 numbers for him. You can. Um, and he's been getting a little lucky. I, I think that's something that we need to say. Like he's definitely been getting a little lucky. The XFIP and Sierra are telling us that, you know, he's definitely been getting lucky, but I think he's definitely somebody you want to get exposure to in this lineup. Yeah, I can get a little bit wild at times, and he has been giving up a decent amount of bombs. But, yeah, I really, really like Rodon here. It's just a fantastic matchup going up against the Tigers. The Tigers are not a great lineup. Rodon has been so good this season. Um, I'm buying into it. I'm going to wait and see where ownership's at because, like, if Glassnow is going to be super, super chalky, I'll just end up going with a lot of Rodon and, then paying in the mid tier for the rest of my lineups, but this Detroit lineup is not good. Rodon has just been fantastic. Thing you worry about is Wendy's going to end up giving up bombs, like because obviously he's been a pretty big fly ball pitcher so far, and I don't see many guys with power in this lineup. Um, and then when is he going to like? How badly is his control going to be? Because he's sitting at a ten percent walk rate on the season. Well, there's not a ton of patient hitters in this lineup. So this is just a great spot for him. Detroit's a great matchup for any pitcher, but I don't think he's going to be terribly heavily owned. So I plan on just hammering him in probably more than glass now. Um, yeah, man. Like, I think it's it's super close between those two guys. Um, could potentially play both of them together. We'll have to see if there's anything that opens up. And we talked about a couple of cheap stacks that are not bad. Um, any Detroit bats that you like here? None. None. I mean, like, Goodrum is very good when he's on the right side of the plate. 
So credit where credit's due. He's 3,800. He's second, second base shortstop eligible. If you're not playing Carlos Rendon on a team, like I think Goodrum is okay, but he is a guy that strikes out a lot too. And, you know, we're definitely seeing good strikeout stuff from Carlos Rendon right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically like, like I said, I'm the only person I'll target is someone with that can hit the ball, the ballpark. And, and it's pretty much Goodrum. He is cheap, but I, I still think Rodon's too good that I'm just going to end up fading Goodrum. Um, I like the White Sox a lot here, Grant. They're expensive, and I'm really hoping because of the price that they go under-owned. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to be terribly hard to fit them in, at least the way I'm doing things. Because I mean, there's a few 7K pitchers we've already mentioned, and there's two more fairly cheap pitchers in the later game that I think are very, very good options. So it's not going to be t- too hard to fit them in the lineup. I mean, Miz has been horrible versus lefties. So Moncada, Grandall, both fantastic plays. Um, and then against righties, like his numbers haven't been bad. He's a big ground ball pitcher, but I don't know. I have no problem going with the Brayu, Tim Anderson, Mercedes. All of them are super solid plays here, and they have a 4.8 total for a reason. Like Miz isn't good, and then I'm not expecting to make it too far into the game. And Detroit's had the second worst bullpen in the league so far this year. So this is just good at the beginning, good at the end. Like this is just a perfect spot for all of them. And you're right with them being priced up. I don't expect too many people to play them. Um, so I, I had, I, I absolutely love them today. Yeah. I, like they're going to go on their own here. Like there, there's no way that people are playing them over like the Yankees, uh, the Braves, the Blue Jays. Like there, there's no way they're going to get played over those teams today. So, and like, even, even in our next game, like Justin Dunn's pitching for Seattle against Houston, like Houston's going to be another team that like we're about to talk about and they should smash Dunn. Um, so they're another stack that will be higher owned than the white Sox today. Um, moving on, we got Seattle at Houston, Justin Dunn, Zach Granke, uh, eight and a half total in this one, and the Houston Astros are already a minus two twenty four from a two ten where it opened. Um, what are your thoughts here on Justin Dunn? He's not gonna not gonna fare well here. I mean, he's a guy that doesn't have great control. Like he's a decent strikeout pitcher, but he does not have good control, and he could end up just getting crushed here because there's a few decently patient bats in this lineup. No one strikes out that much. So the ball's going to be put in play quite a bit. I think he really struggles here. I have zero interest in him at all. Yeah. Um, his walk rate and his, his lower strikeout rate against a Houston team that doesn't strike out and walks a lot. Like he might not get through the second inning in this game. Um yeah. Zach Granke on the other side of this game, I think he's okay. Like he's probably going to pick up a win, but 9,400 I'm looking for ceiling and he put up 30 fantasy points against this team um, a couple weeks ago. So it, it can happen. But even though he did that, I still feel very like hesitant to play him. I mean, I never really want to play him. This is a solid matchup. Like, it's a great strikeout matchup, and there's a reason why he put up 30 points. But 
also like he didn't give up a single run only gave up four hits they he was super efficient got into the eighth inning like i don't know if i'm fully expecting that again i i might be jaded because i just refuse to play grinky but he's sitting at 17 percent k rate on this on the season it's just a positive matchup for him but i'd rather go with the rodon or glass now i have i have very little interest in grinky I just I don't I don't see myself playing him here. I know he can get there and that's fine, but I just don't and like I'm not gonna stack against him here. I don't want to play Seattle outside of maybe like Kyle Seeger. Um I think that's really the only Seattle bat that I have any interest in. Yeah, I mean I don't hate Kyle Lewis. He's at three point three K. Um but yeah, like the Grinky just outside of one matchup versus Detroit, Grinky's just not a guy that gets gives up a whole lot of fancy points i mean if he's gonna get hits probably just gonna be a whole lot of singles like just get hit with bad but he doesn't walk guys so not really great fantasy production i'm probably just gonna fade the mariners um houston they're in a great spot done stinks um he the the houston astros should have no trouble scoring runs in this game yep and i, I, I want to wait and see where ownership's at i mean i love alvarez regardless like Dunn has been terrible versus lefty. He's given up a ton of hard contact, given up a ton of fly balls, has a 281 ISO since the beginning of last season versus lefties. Like, so Alvarez stands out as absolutely a fantastic play. Everyone kind of profiles well and the stack profiles well because he can give up a lot of fly balls and hard contact and he does walk a lot of guys. I just kind of went and wait and see where ownership's going to end up at because that's kind of going to be what makes me decide because they are an expensive stack. So, they could potentially be under-owned because people are going to want to pay it for glass now in all likelihood since he's the only real stud on the slate. So I, I could see using this stack quite a bit. It's just they're expensive. It's going to be tough to pay for. So I have to find a secondary stack or some cheap one-offs. And like we talked about searching for value. I mean, obviously Hernandez going up against Mats if, Mats, if he's in the lineup, he's only 2K. It's going to be a guy that's going to end up being really chalky with the Houston stack. Um, it, it, they're just tough to pay for, but they profile incredibly well because Dunn is just not, this is not, he's not a great pitcher. He's super raw, but this is just a horrible, horrible matchup for him um, right now. So I, I could see him getting destroyed and Seattle does not have a great pit bullpen behind him. So I, you kind of have to look at the Houston stack quite a bit. Just wait and see where ownership's at. Moving on, San Diego at Arizona. Uh, Weathers and Widener facing off against each other. Nine total. Padres are 160 favorite. Um, any interest here in Ryan Weathers? Not a ton. I mean, he did get up to 89 pitches in his last match versus the Dodgers. Pitched really well. To matchup versus Arizona, who's not great versus lefties. Um, but still, like, he's in that 7K range. I think just think there's other guys I would go, rather go with. I'd rather go with the two guys that we're talking about in the next game. So, yeah, he should be fully stretched out now. He's got a decent K rate on the season. I could be wrong here, but I don't really want to use him. Also, the dome's going to be open. It's supposed to be 85 degrees out there tomorrow. They don't strike out like the Arizona bats don't strike out against left-handed pitching. And I think that's the biggest concern with weathers. 
again, if you're playing like a bunch of teams, I think he's someone that you can, you know, take some shots on. But overall, um, I don't love this spot for him. And then Widener on the other side, like I know the Padres just stunk up the place on Tuesday. I stacked them. They were my favorite stack. But I do think this is a spot you can um, stay away from Widener and go back to the Padres. Yeah, no interest in Widener, none whatsoever. The dome is going to be open. It's going to be 85 degrees tomorrow. So the better hitting weather on the entire slate. And yeah, Widener is not a great pitcher. He's still a little bit raw. Can get a little wild at times, like doesn't have great strikeout stuff and gives up a lot of hard contact to both sides of the plate. So I'm right there with you. Tatis, Machado, Grisham, obviously some of the top plays, but Cronenworth is a really cheap option at 3.5K. Profiles pretty well against Widener, like can easily hit the ball at the ballpark, but I'm not going to argue with almost any single Padres bat here just because it is great pitching weather and Widener is not very good. Um. Yeah, let's Padres bats. We kind of just said it like we're playing the Padres here. Um, Arizona. I kind of want to have interest in them, but the problem is that, like, even though Weathers isn't a great pitcher, he's still an above-average pitcher. Like. The Padres have one have I think currently the top bullpen in the league. I did play him against Paddock, um, but I don't think I'm going to play him against Widener. Even though they are some of them are kind of cheap, like Peralta's all the way at 4.8 k, Escobar's all the way at 4.8 k, Kelly's all the way at 4.6 k. They'd probably be the main targets I would go with. So I think I'm just kind of off them in the spot. Yeah, I think I'm – man, I want to play them too. I really do. I'm not going to, but, I, man, I think they're super interesting on this slate because outside of Kelly, they're somewhat cheap. And, man, you can make a, a really solid, like, secondary stack with them. All right, I'm not going to talk myself into it. I'm not going to play Arizona, but I don't think they're necessarily a bad play. Um all right, we finish it out with Colorado at San Francisco. Marquez against Alex Wood, uh, seven total. Giants are one forty-five favorite, so really low uh, total in this one. Grant, any interest here in Marquez? Uh, yeah, it's like a lot of interest. It's in San Francisco. Like San Francisco has been a pretty good hitting team, but there's still a lot of strikeouts in this lineup for a righty. He's been a little bit wild at times, but still like overall pretty darn good this season. Very talented arm. They only have a 3.8 run total against him. I really, really like Marquez here. And I mean, hopefully people just stay away from him, but I don't know if they will. He's been pitching in cores all season long, which is why a lot of his numbers aren't great. And he did just do all right versus them last time he played, but had over 6K, six or more Ks in each of his last three starts. Like, I really, really like him in this spot. He's one of my favorite options right behind Cobb. Yeah, you're a little bit higher than I am, but I um, I totally get it. I, I do. Um, I just – I don't know, man. I think the Giants are really good, and I'm going to live on that train this year, whether or not it works out at all, but I, I think they're they're really solid, just a really solid team up and down. Um, 
Alex Wood on the other side, I think he is definitely one of the better plays on this slate. 8,300 facing a Rockies team outside of cores. Like, this sets up as a really good spot for Alex Wood. Yeah, I have to assume that he's going to be one of the chalkiest, if not the chalkiest pitcher on the entire slate. I have a 3.3 run total against him. He just put up 30 points in his last outing. He's sitting at a 30%, almost 30% K rate on the season. Only walked one guy so far this season. This Rockies lineup is not good. There's a bunch of strikeouts. Like this just profiles as a perfect spot for him. Um, I may end up being the chalk. I may not, but just overall, he absolutely grades out as a fantastic play here. Got up to 97 pitches in his last outing, which was where I was concerned at last time. Didn't matter. Like, I think he was on the COVID list before the season. And, like, it seems like he's entirely fine now and fully stretched out, and they're going to let him go late into games. So, I we'll see where ownership lies at, but just based on, like, raw points and point per dollar, he grades out as one of the best plays on the slate. Yep. Um, right there with you. Um, he's going to be popular. He really is. He's he's, he's probably $2,000 too cheap for this matchup. Um, so 1500 at least. I think he's going to be very, very popular. I think the, the Glass Now or Radon slash Alex Wood combo is going to be really popular, and it's it's a really strong combo. Um, is there any of these Rocky Vats that you like? None. I mean, you can take Story as a one-off. Um, take Kron as a one-off, but it's not really a great ballpark. Not going to be particularly warm, and Wood is a big ground ball pitcher, so I'm probably fully out of the Rockies. And then on the Giants side of things, like, man, I don't mind the Giants again. Um, it's really just – it's the pricing on the Giants. Like, Yaz is banged up. So you're getting everybody in this stack outside of Posey under 4K. Uh, like, Brandon Belt's 2,900 on the slate. Like, it just – Doesn't he been I, bad, like, pretty much every single time? Yeah, he had a home run today. Like it's just his price is just crazy cheap, and it's it's like that across the industry. Like he's 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 been hit or miss, but he's too good of a hitter to be twenty nine hundred. Yeah, Belt Dickerson both grayed out as very good plays here. They're far too cheap for their price tag. Longoria, like Posey, both decent plays here. Like I said, I'm probably going to be far more on Marquez. Like, it's just not great hitting weather, not a great hitting stadium. So I'm probably, like, I'll play Belt and Dickerson as one-off. I'm not stacking up the Giants. I fully understand why you would, but I'm not going to. It's just the price tags are far too cheap. So I could see a lot of people double stacking some other team, some higher price team with them or double stacking the giants with someone else just because they can easily pay up for two of the aces. So it makes sense. They grade out pretty decently. They've been hitting the ball very well this season. They're not a bad hitting lineup and they're just drastically underpriced. Um, but they have a 3.8 run total for a reason. Marquez has been very good this year. Um, I, I just plan on going with the other side of the game. Fair enough. Um, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Um, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? 
Cobb. I was going to say, if you didn't say Cobb, you were doing something wrong. Inno um, is my guy. I, I like him against the Cubs to get that strikeout. So uh, over 18, over 8K, score under 15. Only five guys. Who's your bust? Um, Matt's. Yeah, I'll go Granky because I think the other three guys get there easy. I think Granky gets there too. Um, over 4K to hit a home run. Who do you got? Alvarez. All right. Um, you picked faster than I, I was expecting you to. Um, I paid attention throughout the show and remembered it for this game. Solid. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go a little off the board here and say Grichik. Um, under 4K to get two hits. I honestly don't know here. Uh, this one's a tough one. You got one locked and loaded. Yeah, Brandon Belt. Yeah, I figured you would say that, and I wasn't gonna say that because I'm on Marquez. So I don't know, Dansby Swanson. All right, Grant's not confident about that at all. Um, under, <laughs> give me a stack to score six or more runs. White Sox. Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to go with my favorite stack. I like the Blue Jays a lot today. Um, any bets standing out to you uh, night before? Um, honestly, the Angels minus 128. I guess I'm just, I, I'm just going all in on Cobb. No, I like it. Um, I like the Blue Jays minus one and a half for plus 111 right now. Uh, I think the Blue Jays are going to put up plenty of runs in this game. And you can't really take Blue Jays minus 175. Like, So I, I like giving the point and a half here and um, getting a little bit of juice with it. So, yeah, Actually, watch out for what Cobb's strikeout prop opens at tomorrow. Wouldn't surprise me if that opened at 5.5 with probably 120 juice on the over and switches um, as the day or it gets worse as the day goes on. So I guess the over on Cobb's strikeout prop, assuming it's at 5.5 in the morning. All right, Grant, super draft play of the day. Wood. Wood and Cobb are 2x multipliers. If we're talking about um, batters, Walsh is still at 1.75x, which is a silly. Who's your batter? Or who's your play before I keep going through things? Um, I mean, at first glance, I really like Grichik and Bichette. They're both 1.35. I really like Toronto. Uh, so I could see myself stacking Toronto over there. Uh, Biggio's 1.3. Vlad's 1.25. Like, Telus is 1.4. So I could see myself stacking Toronto over there. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, probably one of the top tournament bats is going to be Mercedes at 1.65x. It's just far too high. I guess I'll go with that as my play of the day. Outside the pitchers. Well, you can get Kyle Tucker at 1.752 against Justin Dunn. Yeah, gosh, no. <laughs> Son of a biscuit. Son of a biscuit. That's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.
Take it.